community. That is the whole reason that it's working. It's 100% the community. We are not doing anything different than we have really done over our existence. They value the local newspaper and things that aren't just online. They just wanted to print paper back, and that was all we needed. I never have taken these guys for granted. We have always worked so well together. There was never a question like, maybe we shouldn't do this. And we've always had such a great working relationship that was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. And it is, and it has been. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. Our weekly podcast originates from and connects the Gateway City to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. We always enjoy when we have local community celebrities in studio. And these two are actually very big. They represent two of four. Yeah, he's, one's cleaning himself up over there. Oh, and I forgot to put the Facebook, Facebook camera on. I'll have to do that while somebody's talking here. But everyone in the Webster-Kirkwood area remembers a, and does remember a local newspaper that was printed and stopped being printed in 2020 and went completely online, and then all of a sudden, mysteriously, started showing up back on porches. And the Webster-Kirkwood Times dates back a long ways. In studio, we have the editor-in-chief and owner of the Webster-Kirkwood Times, Jamie Mowers, and the publisher and owner of the Webster-Kirkwood Times, Randy Drolingus. Welcome to St. Louis In Tune. We're very glad to be here, and thank you for having us. And I I know that this has been a really long process. Both of you have worked for the paper for a long time. And Randy, I'll start with you. Give us a little bit of background, your background, and then with the paper. And then we'll hold for how the transition happened. Then we're going to switch to Jamie. Uh, Yeah, I started at the Webster Kirkwood Times back in October of 1999 as a graphic designer. And eventually, after people had moved on, I uh, moved up to the creative director and being a small company, we have not a lot of people. So I also took on IT duties and production duties and other things like that. I have worked there for about 20 years, a little over 20 years. And are you a St. Louis native? I am. I grew up in Sappington, Missouri. We didn't ask you what high school you went to go. You, you went to school. But uh, it was Lindbergh, Lindbergh High school. school. Okay. I went to Webster Groves High School. I know you did. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background. So, yes, I grew up in Webster Groves, and I went to school at Missouri State University for journalism. And I worked at some big newspapers, some small newspapers, but I always wanted to come back to my hometown newspaper of the Webster Kirkwood times and I had that opportunity thankfully in 2011 when my husband and I moved back here I started freelancing for the times and then it wasn't too long after that that I got hired so that I've been there ever since. So Randy what was the thing about graphic design that kind of got you hooked was that something that happened in high school or? Looking back at all my old papers from when I was little I was a very kind of organized and whenever we had neighborhood games I would try to organize a league and I would write up scoreboards and do little logos for them and I never really thought that uh, this is a graphic design thing it was just something I like to do uh, when I got to college I was literally I was a psychology major at first and then after a year moved to graphic design and I just I like the art of it all 
There's and, the, and psycho- the psychology of graphic design, too. It is. It's deep sometimes. because yeah, some, It's like marketing and advertising. You have to think what would work for this and right. what would people think and what would make people think this for that. And it's, it's important to how things are placed on a page and getting the organization of fitting everything together and what do you do if you have to spill something over and exactly exactly and it's they're all everything's a puzzle each time i look at it that way it's everything's a puzzle to solve to figure out to get to the solution i like i'm a solution guy so i like that aspect of it that's kind of interesting and how about you jamie did you work for the high school paper or in elementary school where you're like, I need to do this kind of uh, thing for the classroom. I have the classroom paper. You wanted to be... I did not work for the high school paper, actually, because I just... I didn't know... I you know what I would do but I have always loved to write I've always loved to write even you're talking about elementary school so that really takes me back but we used to have what was called the writing center and everybody used to go Randy's remembering everybody used to like get to put together their own little book and it was like it was just so awesome and so I always loved doing stuff like that always loved telling stories writing so I would say that I've probably had a propensity for that but it wasn't until I got on Missouri State's school the university school newspaper that I really started to I was like oh this is what I want to do and then I interned with the Springfield newsletter down in Springfield Missouri and never looked back so, so. take us back you're both of you what I would call veterans of the times here, and not the epic times, but the times paper. And I just want to clarify for people listening. And pandemic occurs. And Dwight Bittekoffer, who was the publisher of the paper and owner of the paper, comes to the staff and says, hey, this isn't going to work. Is that what happened? Or how did that meeting take place? Uh, Not exactly. We originally, when we shut down in March, the goal was we're going to be back in two months, two months, which is what everybody thought. It'll be two months and it'll be over. And that was the plan. So there was no real, they're shutting down past that, known at that moment. Uh, I remember thinking when we come back, this could be a good opportunity to rebrand ourselves and get some community support and stuff like that. And I thought that before we even shut down. But then we left and that was that until I think June when he sent out a letter to everybody and telling all the employees that he was going to be selling the company and he gave us some options, which was going to be to sell it to somebody else, to shut it down completely, or if there was a group of employees that wanted to step up and purchase the paper, which was his preferred option, that we could do that. So really the pandemic brought about this kind of point at which there was no need for advertising because people weren't going out, or and so then the revenue wasn't coming in to sustain the paper over the long haul? Yes, I think it was a fear of the unknown that happened because when you think back on it, while events in certain places did shut down, others sprang up mm-hmm. and it was, we didn't have the forethought to be like, well, this company is now going to start making hand sanitizer. They may want to advertise to let people know, or this company is making masks or even local people, which would have been stories. This person in Kirkwood's making some masks, give them a call or email. So it was just like, I think more the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. that we were all like, let's shut it down. And I, the last couple of weeks I was there were just frantic. I remember after I touched every piece of paper, after I did got a cup of coffee, I'd be over there hand sanitizing and singing happy birthday in the bathroom, <laughs> washing my hands and all this crazy stuff. And right, I'd get right. home and I'd go in the basement door, take my clothes off, go up and shower. I was really overkill, but it just had no idea what was going on. Exactly. Exactly. Jamie, what was your perspective of that time? Yes, very much the same as Randy's. And I just, 
I think that's absolutely right for so many people. Obviously, it was just nobody knew what was going to happen. Everybody in the world was kind of, was really in in that mode and I really just kept operating from the standpoint of we're going to do what we can do with what we have right now, which became a skeleton crew of Melissa Wilkinson. She is our other star reporter at the time, allowed or was able to keep Melissa and I in the newsroom doing what we could online. Yes, Randy saying people making masks in Kirkwood or whatever people were doing, we were trying to report on. We were still covering via Zoom, but we were still covering the council meetings for Webster, Kirkwood, the school board meetings. That became a huge thing. What the schools were doing. Are they coming back from spring break? Are they not? These are things Melissa and I continued to, to try to report on. And I just kept my head down in the newsroom trying to do all that because, again, I was operating under the assumption of we're just going to do this we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going and then we'll be back or or we won't or I didn't know we didn't know, but I just really felt the need to keep providing the news that we could when we could. So this is a twofold question it has two parts to it, but they intertwine, so that's why I'm asking it at the same time. So you're getting to this point where you're completely online and we'll talk about that, but Dwight then comes and says, "Hey, it's time to do this." And how do you guys get together? Are all you thinking, no, we want to, we can't do that? There's actually a little caveat to my story earlier about getting the letter in June because I had been in touch with Dwight and talked to him before we shut down and said, my wife and I, I always told my wife that one day I'd be able to run this paper. And once I said that, he perked up. I didn't know it was for sale yet, but it gave him this idea. So I think about three weeks later, before the June letter, he came over and we had a discussion and he let me know that it's going to be up for sale. And so that's when my vacation that I would have never gotten otherwise, it was great up until that point, took the nosedive when I realized I'm unemployed. And I started looking into doing it all myself. And I made calls and did everything I could and met with Dwight and all this stuff. And I came to the conclusion there's really no way I could do it all myself. I knew what needed to be done because of all the years I've worked there. But I knew there was no way I could really do that all myself. So I put that on the back burner until the letter came out in June. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Dwight contacted a few employees saying something about I might have some interest. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in the newsroom at the time and Dwight... Dwight had said something to me, obviously. He handed me the letter. He mailed everyone else the letter, but he had handed me the letter since I was one of the only ones in the building, in the newsroom at the time, and said, I think you would be really great for the option with the employees. And I went the same thing. Oh, my God. First of all, I had never considered that. And there's certainly no way I could do it on my own kind of thing. And and I just even right then was telling Dwight that, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, there's no way. Of course, I want to do this, but there's no way. And then Dwight and Don also had said, maybe you should talk to Randy. So I emailed Randy. And then we also, of course, thought of Kent. And then Kent said, hey, my brother might be interested in this. So I'll let Randy take it from there. But that's kind of how the, the progression started to gotcha. happen. And you were that. completely online at the time. Okay. Yes. That's exactly what Jamie just said is exactly true. And 
when I had given up my idea of purchasing it myself, when that option and everything came out, and Jamie was involved and Kent was involved, I knew, okay, we've got editorial covered. We've got front office covered. If we can get this employee and this employee back, then this is going to work. My, for me, my weakest point was the finance, the business, the lining up accountants and all that stuff. That's not my ball game. It is now, but it didn't (laughs) used to be. And so when Kent said his brother, Eric, was going to be interested in maybe doing, that was literally the final piece of the puzzle to where I felt a little bit weight lift off and then a push from behind. We're going to do this. Yeah, go for it. Go for it, exactly. Yes, because Eric is like the very business. He brings that part. So yeah, the four of us, we had what we needed. I called it the WKT Dream Team because, and I I still do. Everybody in the building is part of this dream team, but especially like the four of us, it was just like, because none of us could have done it on our own but it was just like I said like I'm the editorial Randy was the creative and all of that stuff Kent's front office general management and then Eric brings the business acumen and here we are and I would this is an editorial comment on my part in observing that this is how organizations that have a very good environment in which they work and where team members work together well, can rise to the occasion when there is a crisis, and keep things moving forward. And obviously, if you guys didn't get along, that never would have happened. <laughs> it, that's true. That's, I was just going to say, I guess that's true. I just, it's so, and I do not, I never have taken these guys for granted, but it just worked out. It's, it also was never like, I guess it just happened so easily, too, because we have always worked so well together that it was there was never a question of, oh, like, maybe we shouldn't do this or whatever, just because we just love the paper. And we've always had such a great, you know, working relationship that was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. And it is. And it has been. Well, and it speaks to, I think, also egos are out of the way and how Dwight and Don had people in place who were very strong. It's not like, Randy, you were like, oh, no, I don't know what we're going to do editing-wise because you had complete confidence in what Jamie was doing, and you were like, oh, no, I don't know what we're going to do with front of the office because you had that kind of covered, and so all the pieces were there, and it's great to see. And I want people who are listening to understand how many papers have gone out of business, print papers, and – it's okay, the Webster Kirkwood Times didn't go out of business. They went into hibernation. They went into a different mode. <laughs> they laid down for a little bit and then they resurrected back up. That's because this is unusual. It's unusual to start a print paper or keep a print paper going. It's usually going the other way around. Community. That is the whole reason that it's working. It's 100% the community. We are not doing anything different than we have really done over our existence. We're providing the news to everybody. The community is on board for that. They value the local newspaper and things that aren't just online that go down rabbit holes, and they know they're getting the truth, and businesses know that. the com- Everybody knows that, and it's the community that brought us back because we really trusted the community, and after hearing time after time, when you're coming back, when you're coming back, when we, we were online the whole time, our numbers were going down, and they just wanted the print paper back, and that was all we needed. It, is it? You mentioned community, Randy, and I know, but what's the difference about holding the paper in your hands versus reading on a screen? I, I have trouble. I do my news now on the phone, 
And But when I read something and I have to write on something, I like to pr- a printed copy because it's tough for me, and I know this generation is different, but if I have to go back and do or I want to flip back in a book, oh, what was that? That was like a couple chapters ago. I want to refresh my memory. Like, where was that? Oh, I had to put a bookmark there. How different is that now? Or I think the, the, one of the differences is like when you read and you're reading a paper or a book, you're, you're in control. You do what you want to do. If you want to stop and take a sip of coffee, you do. When you're on your phone, or, it's, it's, I think it goes back to the whole addiction of phones and how people are so addicted and their minds are so scattered that they're easily like squirrel. And they see something else, they click <laughs> yes. on it, and then they go down that hole. Yep. And then you go there to check one thing, and the next thing you're six topics away arguing about something. Or how did I get here? Going, how did they know I was just searching for uh, paddle boards? Yep. And then while you're doing something, you'll get a ding because you just got a notification for a sale at Walmart or whatever. You, there's so many distractions on that little device that it's a whole different kind of a uh, whole different world it's not as relaxing as the print paper or books or just being being in more control of what you're doing now have you given that love to your kids do they like to pick up the paper or or pick up a a book in paper they do they do my uh, my son casey he is just now reading lord of the rings for probably the fifth time in his life and he's in eighth grade right now or he just graduated from eighth grade and they've heard my rants over the years I've, i've always been a tech guy since i was 10 so 1980, and I've loved it my whole life, but I've noticed, couldn't not notice what was going on with the internet and all the crazy things, and there's so many of them. All the times I would go in and see my kid watching YouTube, and it's amazing what YouTube was like in the early days and what kind of stuff was on there that were influencing kids that most will never even know happened, but right. those kids are affected now by that. And I recognize that, and so they'd hear my rants. And that's pretty much all they needed. They still use computers. They love computers and and things like that. But they know the difference between the real world and the virtual world and and why the real world's important. Yeah, and what did uh, they say down at uh, Missouri State about that? Because that was been a transitionary time when papers and journalism were moving from a more print to a more online kind of source. I I say fortunately, because I do feel fortunate, when I was – at Missouri State, which I started in 2000. So luckily, I say luckily, because again, that's my passion is print, but I say luckily, everything was still very geared toward print. Mm -hmm. My emphasis was in print journalism. So I was really focused on that. And they were not the student newspaper, even the news leader was not, of course, they were up and running online, obviously, but they were not focused yet on online Mm -hmm. which I loved because I'm still obviously I wouldn't be an owner of the newspaper if I didn't love print there's just something about print that is different like you said you can hold it in your hand and Randy touched on this we came back in print because of the community and the community wanted it and that's why we did it because when Melissa and I were just doing online stuff All we heard was, but when are you coming back in print? And that's if people even realized we were still online. There was a lot of people who even still don't realize we kept going online. And that shows you the power of print. It really does. It really, you were going to mention something about her. You were just agreeing with her. Power to the print. No, I was agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) And some of that print, like I know you also acquired the South County Times and the West End Word, and those are going to be, I don't know, are those 
printing now, or will they be in the future, or are there plans? I don't want to sneak something on you there. Um, no, they're, neither of those are in print now. Both of them are on our minds and on our in our forefront to mm-hmm. get them back up and running. Mm-hmm. But there's so many factors and so many reasons why to do it, why not to do it. And we just have not been felt confident to start a whole other paper at this point. We're still moving in that direction, mm-hmm. but I still learn something new every day. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and there's there's so many different things. And, and one of the big things is delivery drivers and carriers. They have been, since our meetings back last year around this time, yeah. they've always been something we've been concerned about. And we've went through various um, delivery drivers that have, we hired a guy, he delivered one week, and he said, nope, I'm done. And it's a different kind of job that not everybody is really made for. And as easy as it sounds, it isn't. And that's one of our kind of harder points. To, we have a good group of delivery drivers now. They're great. and But to now find another 10 or so to start up other papers, that that's a challenge. We've been talking to uh, Jamie Mowers. She's the editor-in-chief and owner of the Webster Kirkwood Times and Randy Drillingus. He's publisher and owner of the Webster Kirkwood Times. We were talking about the importance of papers that you can hold in your hands. And my question that's moving in a certain direction, Randy, and and it's for Jamie also, but you guys are are such a team there. You all are utilizing your strengths, and the paper can come out, but if the paper can't get into the hands of the people who were supporting you and saying, bring back this print paper, we want to read this paper in our hands, the, the key portion is that delivery driver. And I can understand how important that position is and how critical and key people can pick it up at a local market or something. But I remember getting up, going out on the curb Friday morning or late Thursday night, if I was lucky, getting in the red wrapper, undoing it and reading. So those delivery drivers, talk to those future delivery drivers out there who might be listening and saying, yeah, I want to go work for this group because they're really organized. It's a good gig, I believe, because it's up to you on how you work as fast as you can or and you get used to it and you don't work a lot, a lot of time, but the pay is actually pretty good for the amount of time you put in. So that's if you're the kind of person that likes to do different types of jobs. Maybe you deliver for us on Thursday and you do something else on Tuesday and then who knows, but it, it's that kind of a job where you earn extra money like that for not a very long time of actually working. So that's a bonus. So explain that job. What is it like? I, I can start from the beginning. It's The newspaper gets printed in Breeze, Illinois, and it gets delivered every Thursday to a locker we have on Manchester. And all the carriers, we, they get a text, uh, papers are going to be here at noon today. Everybody meets at the locker. Everybody gets all their papers. Then they'll take those papers. And we give them plastic bags, the red, classic red bags. And uh, they roll all the paper. Sometimes there's inserts in there, uh, say from Kohl's or Michael's or uh, various places. If they have those, they'll have to stuff them in there as well, which is an additional opportunity to earn money for those interested. And uh, and so then they, they stuff all the papers and they put them in the bags and then they start driving around and start delivering. And they have a list of people that do not want the paper, stop delivery. So they have to just make sure they don't deliver to those houses. And, and that's the gist of it. And you take your car and you just toss out the window? or Exactly. If I was doing it full-time for myself, I would always want to have a partner. Some people have been delivering papers for so long they don't need one. And so it's... Um it just it depends on how your what your level is and what you can learn and how you know quickly you can pick it up. It's a far cry from the riding the banana seat bicycle around <laughs> with the sling of canvas bag and you're 
Post or Globe Democrats in your bag there. Yes, they they cannot drive on the sidewalk anymore. That's the biggest difference. (laughs) Darn. (laughs) Not even with four-wheel drive. They have farther to... You used to deliver papers? You sound like you're experienced at this. No, I just... Some of my friends did. Oh, I was just going to say, do you want a job? (laughs) Let's talk after the show. (laughs) So I, I, I look at some of the things that have been discussed with all of you about continuing the paper. And the other thing that I see is a lot of the same individuals who were at the paper continued and maybe even still continue. I I don't know. I don't want to put you guys in a bad position with that. But if everybody had, I don't want to say this in a bad way, bailed ship and because, oh, I need to go find a job because I need, this is going, it's not going to work. And then all of a sudden, man, the rising of the phoenix of the Webster Kirkwood <laughs> Times. And people are going, oh, my gosh, I should have stayed. Or when you went to people with the idea that this was going on, what was their response? They were really glad that we were coming back. And the people that we asked that, that were our, like Jamie said, WK Dream Team, there really is nobody of any greater importance at our workplace. And that goes to the delivery drivers, too. Everybody is so crucial. When one piece falls... Everything else starts falling, and it, it being going from 26 people down to when we started nine, there was a lot of jobs to cover, and if those people would not have come back that already knew their positions and knew what to do, and then we would have had to teach them, or I would have had to do more, or this or that, that would have been something into my mind that I would have been like, I don't know, this is going to be really tough. So Correct. Yes. Everything that Randy said times 10. We could not have done it without the people who wanted and chose to come back. And just like what Randy said, what was so awesome is that when we were kind of trying to formulate this plan, we had to make sure that, okay, are we going to be able to get, can Amanda, does she want to come back? She's, you know, now the creative director because Randy was like, we can't do this without Amanda. And in editorial, I was like I can't do this if Kevin Murphy longtime forever managing editor and reporter Melissa Wilkinson I'm like if they don't come back I can't we can't do this so it was the puzzle pieces but everybody as, as we were talking about hey guys we're trying to do this we're thinking about are you interested do you want to everybody was just like oh my god yes it was it's awesome and I think that speaks to just how much everybody at the times loves the times and believes in what we're doing Yes, I, it's if one like I said, if one person goes a week before we came out, we had our biggest route did not have a delivery driver, oh. and this is a week, and we were in full panic mode. And <laughs> yes, full panic <laughs> mode. And Dwight just had remembered uh, the previous owner, Dwight Bitikofer, had remembered this guy that he talked to, maybe interested before, and on a whim he gave him a call, and he is a just the best professional delivery driver that we could have ever asked for, and he wow. just picked that up, and that saved us. For that, and then we moved on till the next till next week. There really is always something like it's so true. What Randy said, I swear, learn every day, and that's what part of being a business owner is about. So it's really about rolling with the punches and just okay. What do we need to do today to get the wheels back on the on the bus? <laughs> you know. Yeah, one of my favorite stories was about I don't know if it was issue four, maybe issue, and everybody was at the locker getting ready to get the papers, and then it came to my attention that I guess I missed a payment, and so everybody was locked out. They couldn't get in the locker. They couldn't get in the gate. They changed the code. (laughs) Oh no! And so obviously panic ensued. 
there and everybody was on their way there and they couldn't get in so we had to take care of that real quick but it's little things like that that just pop up and you, then you're like well better not to think about them in advance or drive you crazy yeah yes. my, my question was going to be what has surprised you along the way in your new roles as owner publisher owner editor-in-chief you maybe mentioned one there but oh, I'll, yes. I'll give you a chance to think about that for a second because i want to read a quote that says, in an industry that has struggled to compete against the vast amount of free content available online, the Times is proof that people still value local news and want to have a printed newspaper in their hand. And also, the advertisers in our paper are your friends, neighbors, and family members who are supporting the paper through their ads. This is Kent Tenchert. Please support them and keep your money, like our news, local. And lastly, the owners believe the Times and local newspapers everywhere are crucial to the communities they serve. Newspapers need their communities, and communities need their newspapers. Amen. Indeed. What are your biggest... Ted said it best. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys said it best. <laughs> that was quoting from the Webster-Kirkwood Times, by the way. Uh, <laughs> what, what have been the biggest surprises for you guys? Oh, my gosh, that came out of totally like left field out in Mars somewhere. There's been so many. Uh, one, and this will harken back or go back to the delivery drivers. We had a delivery driver who, his name was Mike Slaznick, and he was a great delivery driver, used to deliver for us before. He was, we had a, another delivery driver quit on us a little earlier than that, and he gave us a phone number of this guy, and he delivered for the post. And so that was great. We gave him a call, and that has saved our skin. But Mike Slaznick, he was got up in the morning to go deliver his paper, and he had a brain aneurysm, oh, no. and he fell down, and he actually passed away oh, about five no. days later. Oh, wow. And But had he not given us that phone number, and now we have a little connection to some more delivery drivers, which we desperately needed, had that not happened, I don't know, we'd be delivering papers ourselves. And, and we had to do that day. That was one of those surprises. We had to then go to the locker, bring 3,700 papers back to the office, upstairs, roll them all. Luckily, another delivery driver, Tim Timmerman, he offered he has three routes already he offered to do this fourth one for us which he did until we got a replacement and we'd meet him up at the office around nine o'clock at night load his van up and then he'd go out and there's so many stories but that one really i mean god bless mike slasnick because he was a great guy and he did a great thing one of the last things he did was just an awesome great thing and he helped local community news here and most people don't know that yeah jamie Yes, I. it's hard to think of specifics, but Randy mentioned, yeah, like I said, those are two really great examples because it just seems like there is always something. Something always pops up, and that's the nature of journalism, and then that's 10 times more true when you're the owner of the business. But again, I feel like also Randy's stories really illustrate to the points of whatever happens there's just such synergy between us and it's everybody on that day we had to bring the 37 whatever paper thousand papers back to the office everybody we know and some people we like some other employees older employees who have moved on to other jobs even came up to roll papers wow. with us everybody in the building is back there people are staying late people we always do what has to be done because that's how much we care that's how much 
we care about what we're doing and we want to get we want the paper to get out to the community so it always or like randy's saying mike slasness passed on that number or if i'm in a jam editorial somebody's oh call so and so or oh, so it's always like those i don't want to i don't know if i say serendipitous but it's always like those little connections and things that are just like okay, now we're good because of this person or that person or this phone call. We have what we need. And that really speaks to the community as well. Like I said, just everybody's willing to pitch in and help where we're needed. Yeah, it speaks to the larger community, but it yes. also speaks to the community that has been developed at the Webster Kirkwood Times. You use the word synergy. And if people weren't being treated respectfully or interpersonal relationships are everything, and if people didn't feel like they were being valued at the paper, either prior to or while you guys were owners, and they were like, oh, too bad, so sad. I guess that's your problem. But they didn't feel that way. They had ownership in it, too, in a different kind of emotional way and in a, I don't want to call a friendship necessarily kind of way, but an interpersonal relationship that they felt valued, that their contribution and their being there was important. It wasn't just, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out kind of attitude, or it wasn't like, well, we got a dozen people lined up for your job, so don't worry about it if you want to go. That's not the attitude I'm getting or I think they have ever gotten. No, and, and that was part of the whole process in the WKT Dream Team was we knew these people that we were hoping that would come back were the perfect people for the job. We have full trust in them. And that's really the attitude at our office is it's not, can we do this? It's like, how are we going to do this? Immediately when something comes up, it's not, oh, we're not going to be able to do this. What's going to happen? We're literally like, how are we going to get this done? And, and we start moving forward immediately. So Yes, that's how you're saying good, but that's how you have to be <laughs> if you want to be successful. Like Randy said, it's not, oh, God, we, we take 10 seconds. The eyes are like, our eyes are, we're going, we take the 10 seconds to be like, whoa, okay. But then it's okay. You don't have time to, you just got to get started on how are we going to do it? So yeah, like, I spent four like challenges and opportunities. Yes. Problem into a challenge. Yeah. I spent about four unemployed months wondering what am I going to do? Now I'm ready to do it. There's no more what, it's how. Right. Well, and I view that also, though, that's an environment that you are used to, and you've not had maybe, I'm just supposing now, Jamie, you've not had that other kind of environment where the boss is, take it or leave it, or I'm going to step on people to get whatever I need, or here's what I want you to do, and you look at them and like, what do you think, I'm superwoman or something? Physically, mentally, you know, emotionally and spiritually impossible to have that happen, and you guys because of the confidence and the synergy, but the family that you've built. And it really is a family. Organizations oh, yes. that Definitely. operate as a family, Definitely. really, they, they work very well. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a question. No, it wasn't. It, 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 it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You, you rise and fall, you cry, you laugh. Oh, yes. Together. <laughs> yes. Yep. Is <laughs> that's that's why we're behind radio. <laughs> that's because we have faces for radio. That's the saying. At least Mark does. <laughs> well, give us some final words, and then I have, and I normally we haven't done this for a while, but I have some funny journalist jokes. Okay. Oh, we, we would love that. We would love that. No, just I think the only thing we would say is just thank you to the community, to everyone in the community, especially all of our advertisers who make 
the paper possible every single week. Like Kent said, or we all say, please support them. They are making the paper possible and we just want people to show them some love, show them some love too. Yeah, I can only echo that statement. It's thank you to the community, everybody in it, the, you know, down to the school children. They do amazing things there. It's The whole community really is, it, I just am very happy that they believe in journalism and trust in it and trust in us. And we live to provide the information they need um, to make their decisions. So we're just going to keep on keeping on and hopefully be here in about 10 years going, I can't believe it was 10 years ago yeah, right. when you yes. came in here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which means you guys are going to be around for that long yeah, as well. We're, we're, we're trying. We're, right. we're yes. trying. So let me, let me ask Jamie something. Folks can't see it, but here, her watch, the face of her watch. Tell everybody what it oh. says and tell me about that. It's, I don't know anything about this. So. My watch says, live a great story. And I, I just love it because it's just, I always have said, even from before I was really in journalism, which is part of the reason I wanted to go into journalism, is that everyone has a story. Everyone has a story, and it's our job to tell it. That's very good. We've been talking to Jamie Moore. She's editor-in-chief and owner of the Webster Kirkwood Times, and Randy Drolingus, publisher and owner of the Webster Kirkwood Times. I greatly appreciate you both coming in today to the show, and let's uh, continue to have some uh, future conversations. And if you guys have some news that you want to spill into the airwaves, <laughs> we'd be happy to spill them for you. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I'll see everybody at the Webster Grove's Community Days Parade. We're going to have a little <gasps> yes. float in there. I look forward to that weekend. Having that oh, go yes. on is really going to be a nice weekend, and I hope the rain holds off. And even if it does, we've been through a lot of stuff. We can handle a little rain. So <laughs> That's right. let's That's all right. have a good time no matter what. There you go. Yes, yes. We're excited. To, like Randy said, we're excited to see everybody. We hope everybody turns out for the parade. And, yeah, we're just excited to, to be a part of that as well. So a photographer for a national magazine was assigned to get photos of a great forest fire and smoke at the scene was way too thick for any good shot so he frantically called his office and to hire a plane it will be waiting for you at the airport he was assured by his editor as soon as he got to the small rural airport sure enough a plane was warming up near the runway he jumped in with his equipment and yelled let's go let's go the pilot swung the plane into the wind, and soon they were in the air. Fly over the north side of the fire, said the photographer, and make three or four low-level passes. Why, asked the pilot, because I'm going to take pictures. I'm a photographer, and photographers take pictures, said the photographer with great exasperation. <laughs> After a long pause, the pilot said, you mean you're not the instructor? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. Don't laugh. <laughs> three men, an editor... A photographer. It's okay. got to be a photographer yeah, again. And a journalist. Oh, I'm going to change this. No. An editor, photographer, and a journalist are covering a political convention in Miami. They decide to walk up and down the beach during their lunch hour, and halfway up the beach, they stumbled upon a lamp. They rubbed the lamp, and a genie appeared and says, Normally I would grant you three wishes, but since there are three of you, I will grant you one wish. The photographer went first. Each one wish. Photographer went first. I would like to spend the rest of my life living in a huge house in St. Thomas with no money worries. The genie granted him a wish and sent him off to St. Thomas. The journalist went next. I would like to spend the rest of my life living on a large, huge lot, yacht, cruising the Mediterranean with no money worries. The genie granted him his wish and sent him off to the Mediterranean. Last but not least, it was the editor's turn. 
And what would your wish be, asked the genie. I want them both back after lunch, replied the editor. The deadline for tomorrow's paper is in about 10 hours. <laughs> that is a, that's a very good one. That and it's good. also very true. It is. <laughs> so headlines are really important. I, I know sometimes, and we've talked about this on the show, headlines will mislead you, and then you'll find down in the copy, way down there, the, the real story. So this is about headlines, but it's a, a joke. So when a visitor to a small town in Georgia came upon a wild dog attacking a young boy, he quickly grabbed the animal and throttled it with his two hands. A reporter saw the incident, congratulated the man, and told him the headline the following day would read, Valiant Local Man Saves Child by Killing Vicious Animal. The hero told the journalist that he wasn't from that town. Then the reporter said, the headline will probably say, Georgia Man Saves Child by Killing Dog. Actually, the man said, I'm from that case, the reporter said in a huff. The headline should read, Yankee Kills Family Pet. (laughs) (laughs) Two out of three ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, he's got more. This is is what Mark would say. (laughs) A friend of mine was the backup journalist that covered the local gym. He was the bench press. That's what Mark would say. Thank you very much. A friend of mine quit his job as a reporter and left by railway. It was an express train. Saw a journalist searching. Saw a journalist searching through my ice cream cones. He was looking for a scoop. Oh my gosh! Oh, you'll love this one, Mark. Saw a journalist interviewing someone from my local bike shop. Turns out it was the spokesman. A reporter asked the finance. A reporter asked the finance minister why he had closed the National Mint. He said it just made sense. Of course, yes. Yes. All right, so here we go. These are all logical. A shy guy goes into a bar and sees a beautiful woman sitting at the bar. After an hour of gathering up his courage, he finally goes over to her and asks tentatively, "Would you mind if I chatted with you for a while?" To which she responds by yelling at the top of her lungs, No, I won't sleep with you tonight! Everyone in the bar is now staring at them. Naturally, the guy's hopelessly and completely embarrassed, and he slinks back to his table. After a few minutes, the woman walks over to him and apologizes. She smiles at him and says, I'm sorry if I embarrassed you. You see, I'm a journalist, and I've got an assignment to study how people respond to embarrassing situations. To which he responds at the top of his lungs, What do you mean, $200? We, we try to have fun here. On we do. <laughs> yes. And you obviously do. No. Okay. We, and we talked about throwing the papers and newsboys and stuff like that. Yeah. So a newsboy was standing on the corner okay. with a stack of papers yelling, read all about it. Remember that, how they used to be? You oh, know? yeah. 50 people swindled, 50 people swindled. Curious, a man walked over, bought a paper, and checked the front page. Finding nothing, the man said, there's nothing in here about 50 people being swindled. The newsboy ignored him and went on calling out, read all about it, 51 people swindled. Oh. <laughs> Are you getting the Uga horn or anything? <laughs> oh, reporter, my editor sent me to do the burglary. Policeman, you're too late, it's already been done. Yeah, that was a Mark joke. Wow. To what do you attribute your age, said the reporter to the old man, to the fact that I was born in 1890? That would do it. Yeah. It's a tough question to ask right now. He's tough. Yeah. He's tough. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So lastly, I'll do this one. And a journalist assigned to the Jerusalem Bureau takes an apartment overlooking the Wailing Wall. Every day when she looks out, she sees an old Jewish man praying very vigorously. So the journalist goes down and introduces herself to the old man. She asks, you come every day to the wall. How long have you done that, and what are you praying for? The old man replies, I've come here to pray every day for 25 years. In the morning, I would pray for world peace and then for the brotherhood of man. I go home, have a cup of tea, and I come back and pray for the eradication of illness and disease from the earth. The journalist is amazed. How does it make you feel to come here every day for 25 years and pray for these things, she asks. The old man looks at her sadly, like I'm talking to a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Need to keep my day job. Actually, we'd like to move you to overnights. (laughs) 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 Yes, sometimes we have such serious conversations on this show. We need to lighten up, and we haven't actually done jokes or laughter for a couple of weeks we've had some yes. fairly serious shows on so right no you need laughter and everything that's true i'm glad we make you laugh <laughs> yes i'm glad i'm glad we could bring that i bring was that. doing some of those so you could tell those at, at the news uh, oh. meetings or something like that to break yes. the ice a little bit i gotcha yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah keep your day job he goes did we talk about be kind we did right so we're grateful to have the webster kirkwood times i'm, I'm thinking about this as kids grow up and they see their parents reading that, and they're reading that. Hopefully they're reading that, too. That when they grow up and they get older, and they're like, where's the community paper? You know? Yes. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. If you enjoy this episode, please consider letting us know. The best way to do this is by rating us on Apple Podcast. You could even write a review. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.